0: Right, thanks a lot for stopping by. So glad to have this man back. He was the uh, doctor for the White House, for the president. It was uh, at least Obama and Trump. Were you also, Ronnie, uh, the doctor for, for uh, Bush or, or for Obama? Uh, you were Obama, you are Trump. Were you also for Bush or no? Yeah,
1: I was there the last three years of the Bush administration as well. So Bush, Obama, and Trump.
0: Dr. Ronnie Jackson, he is a great Texan. He's a Republican District 13 representative from our great state. Uh, really glad to have you back. I, I've got to talk to you about everything that's going on. And we've got limited time, so let me jump right into it. It might have been eight, eight or ten months ago, Ronnie. You're on my show, and you said Joe Biden, in your medical opinion, in your expert opinion, was suffering from something that you called age-related dementia. I mean, it seems to have gotten worse, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's absolutely gotten worse, Joe. And I, I said all along, I'm not giving the guy a diagnosis. I'm not saying he has Parkinson's or you know, or, or, or you know, uh, Alzheimer's or multi-infarct dementia. I'm not giving him an actual diagnosis. I'm just saying that he has some type of age-related cognitive issue. And all of these things, regardless of what they are, they all have the same natural history. They all get worse with time. They don't get better. You know, you have fewer and fewer good days and more and more bad days as time goes on. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. He just continues to degenerate, and uh, he's to the point now where I don't know how. He- any uh, any person with a brain in their head can look at what's going on and watch him on tv and just see his, his physical appearance and his his mental inability to do the job and think that there's any way this man could uh, potentially even finish the remainder of his time in office but certainly be talking about running again for another four years that's insane
0: district 13 republican great state of texas ronnie jackson doc as we look at him yesterday in maui he shows up he's only gonna be there two or three hours In that time he's there, he's joking about how hot the the ground is while we've got hundreds and hundreds still missing, presumed dead. Then he talks about those who are missing, makes a a relationship somehow between that and an accident that killed a couple of people in his family 50 years earlier. Then he makes up a fire 15 years ago that actually happened in 2004. Small kitchen fire was, was contained right there. Nobody was at risk. He almost lost his wife, his car, and his cat. Ronnie, am I, am I missing something? But it sounds to me, is this part of a potential, well, not, I'm not going to say diagnosis, but your opinion that he is cognitively in decline, is this what you would normally see from a patient? They start making up memories, making relationships that don't make any sense?
1: Well, yeah, I think he's struggling to, uh, to, to tie things together because he's lost all the time and he doesn't know what's going on or where he's at or what's really happening around him. And I think this is a, a weird attempt to, uh, to try to gain some control over the situation that he has no control over. The guy has no empathy, I think, for a long time. I think most of his life he's been that way. He just doesn't have any empathy. He has no situational awareness at this particular point. Here he is. You know, he's overseas. And 100 people that we know of are dead. There's probably a 1,000 missing. There's going to be a 1,000 people before this is over and done with that probably died in that fire. And this man's comparing it to a kitchen fire he had one time and how he almost uh, potentially have, could have potentially lost his Corvette and his cat, right. I mean it's insane, I mean the man had one job all he had to do was go there and tell the people how sorry he was and ask him it. how he could help, that was it, it was plain and simple, it doesn't get any easier than that and this man still can't do that, he can't do the most simple task that, it, that that's required of our head of state, our commander in chief and our chief executive
0: U.S. Um, uh, Representative, District 13, Republican, Great State of Texas, Dr. Ronnie Jackson. I appreciate you. A couple of last things on, on Biden and what we see him doing. We're hearing very loud reports, murmurings from the White House that he's screaming and yelling profanities and vulgarities at people. Is that another thing that you would expect? And then on top of that, we saw him, somebody was giving testimony about losing their house and losing their neighborhood, and he's asleep in the audience. Are those two yeah. things related as
1: well? absolutely we've seen this and this is the reason why you know most people see what's going on everyone has at some point or another had someone in their life whether it's an aunt an uncle a mother or father uh you know grandmother whatever where they've seen them go through this cognitive decline and they see what happens they get very irritable they get short-tempered uh you know and 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 partly it's it's in part because they're they're not oriented about what's going on around them and it's confusing i'm sure internally it's scary for them and they strike out at people and, and and this is exactly what's going on with him I think it's all part of this cognitive issue and you can see even physically the man's not fit to be president anymore. He's barely right. getting around right now. Like you said, he can't stay awake for events. Right. They're already, they already got him where he's just working from like 10 to four and they roll him out for like one or two little events during that time period. And they, they put a lid on everything at the white house, uh, you know, prior to 10 a.m. And after 4 p.m. And he doesn't do anything on the weekends. The man spent most of his time in the white house since he's been elected as president on vacation, right. in Delaware or somewhere. It's just, They really are trying to keep him in the basement and keep him out of out of the public eye as much as possible, because they know that any time he gets in front of the camera, it's a potential disaster for this administration.
0: As of you and I speaking right now, he's been on vacation 377 days, I think it is, which is, of course, more than a year's time, and that makes no sense as the world is literally burning around him. It's uh, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, I appreciate you taking the time. You made mention that you didn't think that he was going to be the guy in 24. What do you think the the Democrats are likely to do because... I guess we're hearing about mandates coming back and masking and all that. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Most of us won't do it. But they're trying to set up what they did in 2020, maybe with the mail-in ballots and stuff. If not Biden, who do you think it is? Is it Gavin Newsom? Who do they have in the wings? Well, I think
1: once Biden uh, declares that he's not running, he's have- However, that happens. And once again, I said, I don't know how that happens. I don't know if at some point they convince him that he has to just say, you know, that he's not going to he's not going to do it again. And he voluntarily just backs away. I don't know if he's going to do that or not. Like I've said before, I think the people around him, Joe Biden in particular, you know, she wanted to be first lady more than she wanted her next breath, in my opinion. And I think that she's pushing hard to make sure that he runs again, because all the people around him, they get their power, their authority, their influence from the fact that he's in the Oval Office when he goes away, their jobs and their influence goes away. So there's a big push to keep him in there. Uh, I think that, you know, I I think the Democrats are in a real spot right now. They realize that this man is probably not going to be able to perform as president you know, for another four years. and, 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 And the American people are seeing that right now. So how do they get rid of him is the big question. I think that there's a strong possibility that if he doesn't voluntarily step down, they just back away and they let this Hunter Biden stuff just blow up in his face. And, and, and it forces him to resign for those, for, for, for other reasons, for yeah. reasons related to, you know, Hunter Biden and, you know, all the the Biden crime family and all the stuff that, you know, they were finding out about what's going on uh, with, with the Biden family. So, but yeah, I don't know who takes his place, but I think once he's out, I think there will be a ton of people that jump into the race and we'll go overnight from nobody running to 15 yeah. candidates, uh, you know, in the race.
0: Well, I think you're spot on. All of a sudden, the, the left media is starting to report on Hunter Biden. I find that to be very suspicious, and I think right. you're probably spot on. It's Ronnie Jackson. Dr. Jackson, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Kevin McCarthy made a lot of promises when he became the Speaker of the House. A lot of Republicans held their nose, yet sure. voted for him. He said he would do a lot of things. The spend, he got rolled by Joe Biden when he came to that spending deal. He got rolled in a major way. He, he literally allowed them to have an infinite rise in the, in the debt limit. Um, it could have been very limited. You could have dug in because you guys have the House but instead he rolled uh, biden can now spend four to six trillion more and not even blink an eye uh, is he effective as a speaker is he the guy are you still backing him well you know i am right now joe and i'll tell you why he's it, it,
1: been he's been effective so far now you know most of the legislation that we push through the house has passed on party line which is fine with me because it has to be ultra conservative coming out of the house if it has a chance of you know after the conference uh, with the senate and the negotiations for them to to vote uh, to vote on our legislation it gives us some some uh, bargaining power and we passed a lot of stuff out of the house that's been really conservative you're right we've had one big failure in my mind which was the debt ceiling the yeah. debt ceiling passed with more democrat votes than republican votes right. i made a couple of comments yesterday and you know it was kind of taken as a bail, as, as as kind of a uh, a threat towards kevin mccarthy it wasn't really intended to be a threat it was intended to be more a statement of reality and the, the point i made the reality i think that we're in right now is we have a 5 seat majority i don't care who the leader of the house is right now you better listen to every single person in your party including the people on the far right like myself and yes. members of the freedom caucus uh you know and so on and so forth they, we all have we, we all have an important voice right now and if we start passing legislation coming out of the house that you know that, that's that's coming out of the republican house of representatives with a majority democrat votes I don't care who you are. You are not going to survive survive that process because we right. have rules in place now where anybody can call to to vacate the chair. And you know, and, and it's just it's it's inevitable that that will happen at some point if we don't continue to push hard with good, strong, conservative legislation and not worry about what the Democrats think. And we've been doing a pretty good job on that. Kevin's been doing a good job on that so far, with the exception, in my mind, of the debt ceiling negotiations, which you know fell short. And 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 my only point yesterday was to say that we have to continue to do that. If we don't continue to do that, then we are going to be screwed. Right. And and leadership is going to is going to pay the price for it in the long run. If if we can't continue to get good conservative, because the problem we have right now is we pass stuff out of the House, Joe, and it goes over to the Senate and it just dies in the Senate. And the odd chance that we get something through the Senate, it goes to the to the president's desk and he vetoes it. So, you know, we're doing our best right now to push this legislation out and to make, uh, you know, uh, to to make the, the you know, to, to, to basically draw the line in the sand yeah. from the Republican standpoint in the House of Representatives. We're trying to control the, you know, use the purse strings to control what happens. But, you know, ultimately, I just want to tell the American people we've got to get the Senate back and we've got to get the White House back or we are not going to be able to save this country.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ronnie, I think you make some very good points. You, you know, the fact that the Senate won't pass it and the fact that the president won't sign it. Most people who get a hold of me don't don't really care. They want you to dig in. They want you to send it to them and then say, well, Chuck Schumer, it's on you that the the government's shutting down. Joe Biden, it's on you that the government's shutting down. Because we have learned our entire lives when learning uh, civics and when learning how government works that the House of Representatives controls the spending. And if you guys uh, can defund Jack Smith or try to, you should. If you guys can lower the deficit and the debt, you should. And I know that you want to. I'm not here to say that Ronnie Jackson doesn't right. want to. I think you do. But the idea that you've got to think about what the Senate might do, screw that. Put it on, put it on on Schumer and let him answer to his constituency. And put it on Biden. Because if the government shuts down for some reason, the Democrats always control the narrative and they say, well, Ronnie Jackson shut it down or Donald Trump shut it down, and that's a lie. You guys are passing these bills, and if they don't act on it, it's on them. It's It's a matter of not giving in too soon, I think. And that's what I think many people think Kevin McCarthy did, especially with the debt ceiling. Right. And
1: and Joe, we we have a perfect opportunity to do something about it right now. We got screwed at the end of the last Congress. Right. If you remember, at the very end of the last Congress, whenever the Democrats controlled the House, the Senate and the White House, they passed the omnibus, the one point seven trillion dollar omnibus bill. And the Senate could have stopped them. The Senate could have stopped them and they didn't. 17 Republicans in the Senate voted for it, 17, and and they needed 60 to get it out. So the Republicans in the Senate could have stopped it. They didn't stop it. It went through. Well, what did that do? That tied our hands on being able to use the purse strings in the house until September 30 of this year, because it it funded the government all the way through September 30. Well, that's about to run out right now. So for the first time, we, the Republicans have the opportunity to choke off all the garbage that's going on in DC right now that we don't agree with. And my, my point the other day when I was talking about this was, we. We better do something we have to act we have to stick together and we have to do this
0: it is uh ronnie jackson district 13 republican great state of texas he of course is also a medical doctor was the doctor for president trump and president obama and bush and uh, and has given us his his thoughts on what he sees with biden let's talk about the farm bill here we are in texas i'm in the san antonio area um you're in texas ag is huge here but people don't know this Ag is number two in, like, Michigan, um, you know, behind automotive. Agriculture is such a huge industry in this country. You hear these globalists attack agriculture, attack how we're eating, attack farmers. And I'm here to say Ronnie Jackson is on the side of the farmers. Talk to me about the farm bill, the importance of it. And is there a connection between it and everybody coming across the border illegally taking jobs?
1: Yeah. Okay, Joe, the farm bill is incredibly important. I I'm want to start out by telling you, your your, uh, your listeners may not know this. I didn't know this until I got on, on the ad committee, but 93% of all the farmed acreage in this country are represented by Republicans. 93% wow. of all the farmed acreage in this country is represented by Republicans. Amazing. So the farm bill, as you may or may not know, includes... Basically, all of the farm safety nets and the crop insurance and you know, the conservation programs and all that stuff that makes up, you know, a production agriculture. But it also includes food stamps, the SNAP program out of the one point. I think the, the farm bill is projected to cost us one point five trillion dollars over the next 10 years. The farm bill that we're about to uh, you know, push through. And of that one point five trillion over the next 10 years, 83 percent of that goes to food stamps, to the SNAP program. Eighty three percent. Only 17 percent goes to production agriculture. So it makes my, no sense right now. It makes no sense right now. So that's my focus, and, and that's the Republicans' uh, focus right now in, in on the ad committee right now is to make this farm bill about production agriculture. The problem we have is that when it goes over to the Senate side, Senator Stabenow is, is the uh, she's the uh, uh, chair of the committee over there, and her focus is one hundred percent basically snap the food stamp part of it. So there's going to be a big fight. But this is another example of how the Republicans in the House have to stand together. And if we have to pass this farm bill on party lines and make it as conservative as we possibly can, then so be it. We have to have that. That way we have some some ability to negotiate when we get with the nut jobs over in the Senate side who want to water down everything that we're doing. We have to come in strong. That's the only way we can get any meaningful legislation out of the House right
0: now. Make sure you get a hold of your representatives and your senators and let them know what Ronnie just said. And by the way, um, I've interviewed Debbie Stabenow. I used to be a TV news anchor in Michigan. She's a nice lady, but she's somebody yeah. who wants the government to have control of your life. And, and the right. government has control of your life when you're stuck on food stamps or the SNAP program or, or uh, SSI or fill in the blank, whatever the, the program is, the entitlement is, the government has more control of your life. You have less liberty and less freedom. People like Ronnie Jackson want you to get, a, get out there and be able to buy your own food or, or grow your own food. And that's the difference. That really is the difference, isn't it, Ronnie? The one side wants to control. Control everything in our lives. The other side says go and do it yourself. You can.
1: Absolutely. You know, the, the, the left wants us to be part of the global community. They want us to be just another country in Europe. That's what they really want more than anything. You know, there's Democrats right now that are pushing out there. I mean, the only the only positive thing you can say about the SNAP program, about the, the food stamp program right now is that there's a mandate in place that that food comes from American producers. Right? right. There are Democrats right now in the ad committee right now that are wanting to basically pass legislation to say, well, we shouldn't restrict that to American producers for that food we should be able to get that food from you know farmers and ranchers all over the world and we should be able to import a lot of that that's Stunning. ridiculous i mean it's it's unbelievable that 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 they are constantly america last america last
0: yeah it's true it's ronnie jackson uh, doc i've got one last one last question for you china has infiltrated big media big uh, big hollywood big sports i mean basketball's got billions of dollars in deals now with china and technology you know, we all carry these devices around now and you're afraid or you're, you're actually you're, you're, bla- you're blaring the, the warning signal that China is on our devices. H- how serious is this?
1: Well, it's a big deal. You know, John, I'm not the only one saying this. The director of the National Security Agency, the director of the CIA, all of the intelligence community is saying that TikTok is a national security issue. It's a threat to this country. They're collecting data on Americans at record rates right now via TikTok. Not only that, they're using it to pollute the minds of our youth, right, of our kids, while simultaneously they're using it in China to make their kids smarter, to teach them STEM, you know, and things of that nature. So it's a tool that it's another tool that the Chinese are using to tear this country down from the inside out. And we have people, you know, that that are are using this on the left, you know, AOC and people like that, that have these official TikTok accounts that they're using for official, you know, as, you know, their official government accounts. And, And we just can't do that. We have to set an example. We have to lead from the front and we can't have official U.S. government accounts existing on a platform like TikTok. It's a national security issue and everyone knows it. And they do it because, you know, it's their link to this younger generation Uh, that that, that, that keeps them in office and and to some extent funds part of their campaigns. But I don't care what the reason is. They have to put national security ahead of that kind of stuff and we have to stop this
0: nonsense. And President Trump and you tried to solve this problem by saying they had to sell to somebody outside of China. He probably was going to be successful, but he didn't have enough support from the left and some people in the Uniparty on the right. Is Dr. Go ahead.
1: Joe, also, I would say also don't forget that the Biden administration brings TikTok influencers into the White House. Yes. So, I mean, that's a problem.
0: Problem. it's a stark difference isn't it it's uh, yeah. district 13 republican great state of texas ronnie jackson doc come back on anytime i appreciate the hard work you're doing for us in washington
1: thank you joe appreciate
0: you all right brother we're back after this stay right here this is the joe Pag show Dr. Jackson coming on. Appreciate him. Let's use a pop culture. Talk to me, Paula. What's going on?
1: So, this Britney Spears situation is getting weirder and weirder. She's uh, talking about possibly reconciling with her dad. What? Yeah.
0: Come on, dude. I thought that he was the ogre of her whole life. The conservative. Right. But. I mean, I think everybody else is is moving away from her, so. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, again, I'm not like a big Britney Spears guy, but that's pretty stunning. All right, Polo, thank you. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate you, Carrie, I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow. Going to go watch some debate and some Trump. See you then. This is the Joe Pegg Show.